Thank you, Jeff, and thank you, Grace Church. As Jeff mentioned, my name is Gary, not Carrie Underwood, although I've been mistaken for Carrie, just in the way my name sounds. Not Frank Underwood from Netflix House of Cards, no connection at all. Um, but I'm so glad to be with you. Uh, it is exciting to hear your joy for 30 and 30, and you've got, as Grace Church, we have four campuses on the west side, right, Medina East. Barberton, Norton, Bath, it's time to take this vision to the east side of Akron and Ellet, home of the Orange Men. I don't know what an Orange Man is, but I'm excited to be there and be getting to know so many people on the east side of Akron. And we've been meeting on Wednesday nights uh, with a launch team and uh, getting uh, just really some good networking and plans together to start weekend services in January. So if you or someone you love or someone you know or you've heard of someone from Ellet, invite them to join us with this next campus in Ellet on your connection card today as part of your program. Or fill out your contact information and just write the word Ellet at the top and we will keep you informed. Uh, you know it's legit when we have our own Facebook page. There is a Grace Church Ellet Campus Facebook page and we're posting updates and videos and anecdotes all week uh, about what God is doing. But it is, it is no mere coincidence uh, that we would be at this point as a church and with the Ellet campus, that God was a part of bringing us, well, really Grace Church to a decision, right, for 30 and 30. And then at some point, people in Ellet or Eastside, some of you guys have been driving 30, 40 minutes to be a part of Grace Church. In fact, over this weekend, I've met people who drive more than an hour, more than an hour to come to Grace Church. I'm like, that is awesome. But God's obviously doing something good here, and we don't want to hide it. We, we want to spread it and share uh, this incredible news that God is at work. Anyway, I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to meet you. I hope I'm great, but we'll see in 30 minutes. Right? I'm glad to meet you guys and uh, excited to be here. Um, my wife Jenny and I just moved back to Akron from the Delaware area. Here's a picture of us. Uh, Jenny and I met. 17 years ago, uh, I had started as a server at Hacienda Mexican Restaurant, mainly for the free chips and salsa, right? The wet burritos, the great music. This was out in uh, Winona Lake, Indiana, where I was studying to be a pastor. And, uh, but, but there were obviously other paths that needed to cross here, and I met Jenny in the summer of 99. They should write another song about the summer of 99 when we met, because it was like, it was like, Oh, wow. When, when our paths crossed, I knew within a few weeks, like, uh, I need to chase after this woman. In fact, a group of us would go out after uh, serving at the Mexican restaurant, and we would go take swing dancing lessons, which I will not play videos on the screen right now of those moments. But I just noticed whenever we were out and I saw Jenny dancing with somebody else, I started to get jealous. I'm like, what's up with that? I had a close friend of mine knowing that that. that who you are going to pursue or who you will decide to marry is one of the biggest decisions, right, that you'll ever make. So my close friend asked me, hey, if we did a Google search for Gary's future wife, who would show up first in that, in that search result? And I'm like, well, great question, Tom. Jenny Walta. And, and at that moment, I knew I needed to pursue her. I knew this was more than just Mexican food and swing dancing, 
right? It, it, it was our paths were crossing and God opened a door and I said, yes, I'm going to walk through this door. I'm going to pursue her. Fortunately, by God's grace and Jenny's joyful heart, she laughs at my jokes and still loves me. We're thrilled to be a husband and wife. And now at this point, though, 16 years later, we have three kids. We have three kids and here are their faces. Okay. Allison, Allie is 12. Luke is 10. Julie is eight. Allie loves to read. Like next to voracious reader in the dictionary is a pictionary of Allie. She loves to read. She loves art. She loves to draw. She's playing soccer. Um, we're glad that uh, she's our, our oldest. And then Luke is 10. He loves the Buckeyes. Ohio State. OH. See, I tell my friends back in Delaware near Columbus that Akron is Buckeye country, right? OH. Okay, that was pretty good. That was really good. I just felt a greater bond with all of you after we did that. But yesterday, as I was getting ready to be a part of the, the Saturday night uh, worship services here, my son Luke was texting me video clips of every Ohio State touchdown, like sending those to me. Uh, I know it's just Rutgers, but, but it was a great, great win, and he's texting me. that More is caught than taught, right? And so my, my kids have caught this love for Ohio sports. And then Julie, our eight-year-old, she loves just about anything. And uh, she's got just an excitement and passion for life, whether it's sports or games or learning or um, getting along with her sister at least once a month. I mean, she, she loves really just wh- whatever is going on. She wants to be a part of it. But we approach this decision. I don't know how you guys make decisions. But we're in the middle of this series called Foolproof. Foolproof, instructions for wise living. We've talked about the, that wisdom isn't just knowing right from wrong or knowing information. It's the skill of what? Skill of living. Skill of living wisely. And, and there are some throughout life that, that reject it and say, I don't care. I'm simple. I don't, I don't need to know any better. I don't need to know any more. Or the fool in the Bible is one that might know a good way to go or a wise way to live, but says, eh, no, thanks. I'm going to go my own direction. Or there's even the mocker that says, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And so today we continue that conversation looking at how do you make decisions? How do you make decisions? You decided what to wear today. You decided to brush your teeth this morning or not. You decided to come to the 1045 here at Grace Church. Like we make decisions every single day. And and when we got this opportunity uh, to join you, and here's how I found out about it. Uh, as Jeff mentioned, we were in the same leadership pastor circles for many years, and I get this email in January from Jeff, and it says, we're looking for a campus pastor to launch this new work in Ellet, and also a campus pastor to launch this new work in Atlanta. And when I read that paragraph about Ellet, I'm thinking, Akron, that, that's my home. Those are my roots. My family still lives in Uniontown. We've extended family in Talmadge. Cuyahoga Falls, Hudson, like all, all around Akron. This, this is part of where I grew up. And so I got that email. And, and you know, um, it's so, so easy at times to just delete emails that you think have no, you know, relevance to your own life. But that one just sat there. That one sat there for me. Right? I wasn't sure if I'm going to respond or how I'm going to think about this. Uh, but it was this opportunity at Grace Church with a friend and a leader that I greatly admire. I've known and and learned a lot from Jeff for many years. But it was also this chance to possibly consider coming home. 
And I guess if you make decisions by nostalgia, that, w- that email would stick with you. I'm a Cavaliers fan. Last season, I had the privilege of taking my son or taking my daughter or taking the whole family to a few Cavaliers games. And as I'm driving up to Quicken Loans Arena, I'm thinking this drive would be a lot shorter, you know, if we lived closer. And so this idea of living in Northeast Ohio, there was a draw. There really was. And, and that email sat there. And then, and then a few minutes after I got that email, the song came on the radio by Bon Jovi, Who Says You Can't Go Home? And it just started playing over and over in my head. It's one of those things, I don't know if you're the kind that reads the signs, but it started to add up. And even in talking with our kids, like we're all drawn to movies or stories or shows that that take us on a journey, right? That take the, the everyday life and say, let's step out into the unknown. Stop being a Walter Mitty that just does your predictable nine to five and go on an adventure. And so this started to brew in us. And you can make decisions based on nostalgia or feeling or inspiration. But I learned early on in life not to make decisions that way. Okay, I learned early on in life that there's got to be more to my decision making. See, when I was was 15, I lived as though these were the three important factors in my life. Like whenever I made decisions, it, it really needed to involve basketball. Okay, basketball was huge for me. It needed to involve girls. Okay, it was, it was, uh, really an exciting part of my life, you know, as, as life was changing, right? Basketball girls and 80s rap music. I, you know, we could go down that rabbit trail now if we want, but all of those things were priorities to me. And, and I went through a season at 15 and 16 where I realized that might be fun. That might be uh, something I enjoy or something that I have high hopes for, but those things would never fulfill Gary Underwood. Those would not complete me. There had to be more to my life than just music, girls, and sports. I know that's hard for some of you to believe, but there has to be more to life than just our hobbies and our interests. And I made a decision at 16, partially because all those things kind of fell apart for me. An injury kept me out of basketball. A girlfriend broke up with me. Boo-hoo. My rap music, my parents found out what I was listening to, and they shut it down, and it was like, okay. And I had this season of self-evaluation. And guys, this morning, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs and perhaps take some moments to self-evaluate how do you make decisions, like what are your priorities in life? If you would join me in your Bible in Proverbs, it's in the Old Testament, Proverbs, And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. They're on the seat in front of you. Um, So take one. That's your gift from us at Grace Church. One of the things I love about being here, too, is the Grace Church app. You can download and follow along. All the verses that I will mention today from Scripture will be right there in your app uh, and the notes that we will look through because I want to give us a framework, a suggested framework for how you and I approach decisions. And so in Proverbs, we see uh, these are wise directions. These are insightful words from a father to a son. Guys, uh, our decisions, they, they tend to wind up defining us. Like if you, if you approach life just based on feeling or emotion, uh, there will be some consequences for that down the road. And the book of Proverbs, most of it is written from a father to a son. From a father to son, from parent 
to child. So if, if you consider yourself a, a youth or, or a son or daughter, like, like hear these words. Hear these thoughts, not just from, from an instructional level, but from a heart. That the father cares. He cares desperately. You know, it's great that my son likes Ohio State. I mean, we have fun on Saturday afternoons. But I think about the person that he's becoming. I think about the, the decisions that he has in front of him, the challenges that lie ahead. I think about more, more so than the outcomes of his life, I think about what kind of person is Luke becoming? What person is Allie becoming? And guys, God cares about our decisions and the kind of people that we choose to become. And we're going to find here in Proverbs 4, a father loves us enough to hold out wisdom as a way to make decisions. Look with me at Proverbs 4, verse 1. He says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, I mean, this is just real life stuff. He's saying, my dad told me, so I need to tell you, Someone cared enough to speak into your life, now speak into someone else's. And the writer of Proverbs, uh, King Solomon, is doing that. He says, My father taught me and said, verse 4, Lay hold of the words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Like there's a sense of urgency here. There's a sense when, when you see someone and the challenges that they could face ahead, if you love them, you're going to say something, right? You're going to call that out. You can't make somebody else's decisions for them. I can't make any decisions for you. But I'm here as a, as a fellow journeyman of the, this, this path of life and saying, when we approach decisions, like, like, how do we do that? How do we process? He's at least starting with, son, listen up. But if the son wasn't paying attention yet, dad starts to talk about women. Look at me at verse 6. He says, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Think this is a big deal? Sometimes when a parent talks and gives instruction, your kid can start nodding or start texting and, and tune you out. But dad here is saying, like, don't miss this one. Right? There is a woman who deserves your full attention. Verse 8, esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a, a crown of splendor. So he's saying one woman that you can give your life to and she is deserving of all your affection, all your pursuit, all your decisions for lady wisdom. This dad in Proverbs Invents this idea that there is one woman worth giving your life to, Lady Wisdom, and one woman who is out to destroy you, Lady Folly, or Lady Temptation, or Lady Adultery. And so he's saying, son, choose the wise path. Choose the wise woman and love her. Look at verse 10. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Okay, now he's talking about roads. Right? The way of wisdom, straight paths. Get on Gent Road and go north or east. I'm not really sure what Gent Road goes. I'm, I'm new to this. At least I don't say Gent. Right? It's Gent. You know what I'm saying? Cleveland-Maslin Road is the road from Cleveland to Maslin, or at least that's what they meant when they made it. 
But here he's saying, he's saying, guys, there is a way of wisdom and there's a way of of destruction or of folly. Verse 11, I guide you in the way of wisdom. I lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked. Or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone else fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So there's a way of wisdom, right? And there's a way of wickedness or way of foolishness. And he's saying, son, there are two ways to live. If you're taking notes on your app or in your today's program, the Father is telling us there are two ways to live. I was thinking uh, between services, I don't like to stereotype people. But like this is God doing it. They're the kind of people that walk down the path of wisdom. That's one option. That's one path to say yes to wisdom. That's one thing we can do today is say yes to wisdom. That God is at work. Or there, there is more to learn about the situation. And before I make a decision... Right? I'm going to commit to saying, I, I want to make a wise choice here. I want to make a thoughtful choice. I want to say yes to wisdom. That's one path. The other path, the other path is to say, whatever. Whatever, just go with what you feel like. Whatever, I'm just going to go with the flow. It's the Joey Tribbiani life. I'm just, just here, just showing up, just happy-go-lucky. That's our dog, Rocky. He's like, dude, Whatever. He's, I mean, dogs, most dogs are like this, right? I'm a dog person. I love them. And in fact, when I get home later, I'm going to use my dog voice. Hey, Rocky, how's our boy? You know, like, like dogs just have this, this, this fun-loving attitude about them, right? But so much of what Rocky does is just whatever. Like whatever voice calls him or whatever, wherever he can smell meat, like that dog runs that direction. And the writer of Proverbs is saying, look, there's one way to live that says yes to wisdom. One way to live that says whatever whatevs, sometimes just coast through life, sometimes just mocking and saying, I might know the right way to go, but I don't care. Like, that doesn't look like any fun. Right, I've never been down that road. There's, there's no reason I would try it. Like, there's a, a, a way that says yes to good direction and good choices and a way that says whatever. He's saying that two paths, two paths that the Father is putting out in front of us. And he's not doing this as an ultimatum. He's saying this because he loves us. Friends, these are not just wise principles that you can take and apply to decision-making in your business or in your family or in your startup or in your marriage. This is the Father. This is God. This is His Spirit speaking through His Word to us. Look with me at Proverbs 1. It'll be on the screens. Proverbs 1. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. That's one way to go. But whoever listens to me, wisdom, whoever listens to me, insight, will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So you, you may not have known it when you walked into the room this morning, but you and I, we make decisions every day. The Bible says there are two ways that we can go with our lives, one that says yes to wisdom, one that says whatever, And the father is calling his sons to a decision. 
He's saying, you can still decide which way to go. My son, it's not too late to decide which path you're going to do life on. It's not too late. And you might look back with regret on decisions you've made in the past. Or you could look back like I can and say, I was such a fool when I got my first credit card. Came in this letter that I got in my college mailbox when, you know, when it wasn't an email box, it was just a mailbox and letter from Mr. MasterCard said, I'm going to give you 2,000 reasons to have fun this weekend. I'm like, wow, the decisions I made with my first credit card, foolish, mocking, stupid. Fun, but foolish, mocking, and stupid. And I paid for it later with interest, right? I mean, sometimes we don't, we don't know how foolish the road is until, until we come to a fork in the road and we can look back and say, oh, I remember making a decision like that in the past. Or I remember when I stumbled or when... At the same time, here the dad is saying, uh, guys, it's not too late to learn from those things. It's not too late to evaluate your next steps. It's not too late. I love that the, the, the whole posture of God, even though, even though he knows we run away from him, we're all sinners and fall short of his goodness and his love and his glory. And yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth. Not that we abuse it. But he knows what path you and I have been on. And he's saying, you can decide. Now, so much of the the Proverbs is practical enough that if you're not yet a believer, you're not yet a follower of Jesus, and you're you're here just kind of asking questions and seeing if if these people or if this Grace Church thing is, is worth getting connected to, like there's enough Proverbs wisdom for you to take into everyday life and use and think about how you communicate, how you make decisions. The the father gets into practically, son, you got to decide which road you're going down. It's a decision for your whole life, but it's also a decision and a path you could think about in every area of your life, like your physical fitness, like your sexual life and relationships, like your marriage and family, like how you handle money, like how you view politics and the future of our country or any others. There's so many areas where this this path towards wisdom or the path towards foolishness, the path towards whatever applies to us. Look at me at 4, Proverbs 4, verse 18. Saying you can still decide which way to go. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter Till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. They do not know what makes them stumble. I mean, if you're going to stumble in life, you kind of want to see it during or after the fact. If you're going to go down a, a path that you think might be best, it'd be good to know what you're getting yourself into, Right? And think through a decision. I didn't want to uproot our family with three kids in Delaware, a place that we loved and a church that we loved. Delaware Grace, our church for 11 and a half years, their mission was to know, live, and give Jesus. Does that sound vaguely familiar to something going on around here? The mission at Grace Church, know it, live it, and give it away. We weren't going to leave a, a great church just because uh, I love LeBron and I love Jeff Bogue and I'm excited for what's going on here. Like, we actually took some time. Jenny and I talked about this a lot. We prayed a lot. I journaled. I'm one of those journals. Like, I, I got to write out my thoughts, too, 
um, because sometimes my talk can just be stream of consciousness. Like right now, I don't even know what I'm saying. You're just looking at me and, and hoping it makes sense. <laughs> no, it helps me to write it out and then think, okay, where is this going? How will this de- decision affect our family? How will this decision affect us financially? What is the possibility uh, that lies ahead? And, and wanting to find out more. And, and so it's, it's in that context. I mean, that's why I was asked to, to talk this weekend and to share the, this idea of decision-making in a path of wisdom. Okay, and I'm going to try to boil it down to four aspects or four steps. If you're considering a decision, it would be great to, to think these through even before you have to decide. But four steps along the road to wisdom. I'm going to assume that at least a few of us are saying yes to wisdom. And so I'll give us four steps. I did five. This is four. Four steps that begin with the letter A. It's not rocket science, but hopefully it'll help you remember them. Four steps down the path of wisdom in facing any decision, big or small. Big or small decision, okay? Four steps. Agree, assess, anticipate, ask. Agree, assess, anticipate, ask. And this father in Proverbs breaks these down for us. Look with me at chapter 4, uh, verse 20. You can see he's really hoping his son um, is actually listening and, and getting this. Proverbs 4.20. He says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. Let me say that again. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips, far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. The first 18 verses of this chapter, the dad is saying, you, you got to decide which way your life's going to go, son, daughter. you got to decide how's it going to be, your next steps and the big steps. And then here in verses 18 through the rest of the chapter, he says, okay, if you're going to do this, those four A's, here are some steps that we need to consider, guys. The first step is to agree and say yes to wisdom. The first step is to agree that I don't have it all figured out. I never will. i got to remain teachable and patient and and ask God and my friends for help. i got to say yes. I need wisdom. I don't know it all. I love when these political candidates act like they have all the answers when we know they do not. I don't want to be that way either. I don't want to live trying to impress people or make you think I've got all the answers or like I know exactly what's going to happen in Ellet and the church is just going to explode in awesomeness. Like there is a journey here of asking God for wisdom, right? And saying, I, I, I want to take steps down his path and listen to him. I need that. We need that. God sees this idea of the heart. When he says guard your heart, it's not just your feelings or emotions, Follow your emotions, you will end up in a world of hurt. Our emotions are so easily uh, manipulated too. Like I, I start to listen to like 90s rock music and that's just a whole depressing era 
Like Matchbox 20 comes on, and I feel like it takes me back, but it also takes me down. Like, like music really is the doctor of my soul. I forget who said that, but like if, if we let our feelings lead us, we could just be on the roller coaster of insanity. He's saying, son, guard your heart. Like realize your heart is more than just your passions or your feelings. It's where you make decisions. In the Old Testament, your heart is like your personality. It's your will. It's the CPU, Central Processing Unit. It's the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of you, of your life. It makes the decisions. And so he's saying, son, guard it. Like listen to wise words. Listen to truth. You follow whatever people say on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You might feel connected with the world. You might feel stressed out by the world. But who is speaking into your life on a regular basis in a meaningful way? You decide, right? You decide who you let speak into your life and heart. You decide who impacts your priorities and your desires. You decide if it's, if it's just, I'm going to live however I want. I don't care, God. I don't care what happens to me. Well, well, this morning is a reminder that our decisions matter to God. And he says, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring. It's this image of everything else you do flows out of that. Like whatever's in the heart, it's going to come out in what you say. Or how you treat people. Or how you respond when you're criticized. Or how you face suffering. Like whatever's in the heart is going to come out. I've heard it said that trials don't strengthen character, they reveal it. And there's something true to that, right? There's something true to this idea that, that, that whatever's in my heart is eventually going to come out. So I need to agree and say, yes, I need wisdom there. He says, with all diligence, guard your heart. Say yes to wisdom. When we were considering this decision to, to leave Delaware, home of the little brown jug harness race, like when we were considering this decision to leave family and friends there, I knew I needed advice, wisdom, and input. I sat down with other friends. Uh, Clancy Cruz, one of my best friends and a pastor in Marysville, Ohio, he said to me, Gary, your full-time job right now in considering this decision is to get wisdom. And some of you are at that place right now. You're at a fork road in life, or you're at a decision that you've got to make, or something that you've been putting, out, but putting off, but your job right now is to get wisdom. To get input, you don't need to rush into those decisions when they're huge. You need to get wisdom. I had another friend, Pastor Newt Larson. I grew up at the chapel, a kid from Akron, grew up at that church, an intern there, and was a pastor on staff, and he's been on my, my speed dial. This is my pretend phone up here. Now, he was on my speed dial for many uh, just questions I had in, in ministry life and church over the last 12 years. And I asked him, I said, here's this, this wonderful opportunity to be a part of Grace Church and pastor the Ellet campus, and yet I love where I'm at and the people of Delaware. And he's like, Gary, you really can't go wrong. Like, either decision is great. I'm like, thanks a lot, Newt. I was just hoping you'd tell me which way to go, man. You know? But, but good friends don't tell you what to do. I mean, they might know you better than you know yourself. Some decisions aren't clear, right? Some decisions aren't clearly right from wrong, and you need to evaluate with wisdom. You need to have a filter, Say, in my heart first, I want to follow God and the insight he gives. So agree and say yes to wisdom. The second step, a second A is to assess, to understand which way your life 
is heading. Do you know? I'm not asking where you work. I'm asking, do you know which way your life is heading? Are you walking down a path of wisdom? Are you walking down a path of whatever? Proverbs 9, 6 says, leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Walk in the way of insight. Moving back to Northeast Ohio, I thought this is going to be great, though. We can show our kids all the incredible things to do and see here. We can take them to Swenson's and get a galley boy. Check. Did that. Probably going to do that in an hour. See you guys there, right? We're going to go take our kids to all the uh, awesome parks here. In fact, we got a book called Doggin' in Cleveland. It has the top 50 hikes to take your dog in Northeast Ohio. So congrats to Sand Run, ranked number 14. And a few weeks ago, I took our oldest, Allie, and I took our golden doodle, Rocky, and we went to Sand Run. And we read the summary of all the trails at Sand Run. Here's a picture of us. We, we, we read the summary of the trails. Here's a picture of us. Actually, there we go. <laughs> there we go. We ran a couple of the trails. And uh, uh, there's a note about uh, kids. Um, we, we ran a few of the trails, and the thing about Rocky is he just wants to go. He just wants to run. I mentioned dog people, right? Well, I didn't know that the trail Allie had picked for us was, like, mostly uphill on the side of a cliff. I'm like, dude, one step and our dog is toast, right? Another step, and he doesn't see the groundhog, like, 30 feet from us. Dude's going to chase after that. Like, Rocky has no direction except what's urgent, right? We had a great time. We learned a lot about Sand Run Park, great father-daughter time. I urge you to carve out time with those you love and be intentional. Put away the cell phone for, you know, an hour or two and spend that time together. But as I thought about that time with Allie and what I want for her in life, I was given this picture every hundred yards or so along the trail. There were these signs, these signposts. That say, here's how far you have to go. Or here's, if you're going to stay on this trail, the dogwood trail. As a dogwood, ha ha. You would stay on that way. Or the Mingo trail. Or the other trails. And I'm thinking, this is quite an adventure with my daughter. But these next few years, how many decisions, how many signposts, how many opportunities is she going to have? Assess the situation of your life and say what choices are right in front of you. Most people can't tell you what direction they're heading. Most people don't take the time to look at their finances and say, how is, how is my budget? Am I planning ahead for the next month or the next five years? Most people don't take a, a careful look at your thought life and say, are these uh, greedy or envious or lustful thoughts getting me anywhere? Like what kind of person am I becoming as I entertain those steps or those thoughts? Understand which way your life is heading. Understand which way your passions are taking you. I mean, you can tell a lot by, about what's in your heart by what makes you pound the table or what makes you cry. And this is a moment to assess and think about, like, what are the things that matter most to me and are they, are they worth it? Like the things I'm giving my heart to, guard your heart, are they worth it? The things I stress about or lose sleep over, are they worth it? The Father's just saying, leave your simple ways, walk in the way of insight. The third A is anticipate. Anticipate. Consider what your future could look like. I mean, your little choices over time 
become part of a larger lifestyle. Your little choices can make or break your marriage. They can make or break your career. They can make or break your future. And the writer of Proverbs, this dad, is saying, look at Proverbs 4, verse 25. He says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. He's saying, plan. Don't let someone else plan life for you. Don't let someone else's agenda, and there are so many, there's so many agendas or ways that you could go. I mean, anytime we turn on media, it's somebody else's agenda for us. And yet you get to decide the direction of your life. You get to anticipate, okay, is this the best way to spend my time? Really? Is this the best way to respond to my friends? Is this the best way to think about this situation? Like you get to anticipate. One of the healthy ways of considering the future would be to surround yourselves with with friends who can talk about real life. Maybe they're in the same stage as you and you're wrestling with decisions. Okay, let's, let's play this out. Okay, where do these roads lead? Or also talk with people who are further down the road in life. We've all been through phases where we just didn't want to hear it. Right, guys? We just didn't want to hear it. And yet we needed to hear it. This father in Proverbs is saying, look, there were times when my dad told me things. I didn't listen, but I need to pass this on. How many of you are in a life group? How many of you are in a connect group? These are real places where at Grace Church we can talk, not just about wisdom, but we can, we can unpack that in everyday life and say, I'm wrestling with this decision. Or my friend is wrestling with that decision. And, and how, could we, how could we choose a better path? How can we evaluate our next steps, anticipate what is ahead? And then the last A is to ask. Ask. When faced with any decision, ask, is it wise? Would you say that with me? Is it wise? Okay, just four of you said that with me. I need the rest of you because it's getting lonely up here. Let's ask, is it wise? Ready? Is it wise? Not is it right or wrong, but is, is it wise? Is it healthy? Is it good? Does it help you along the best kind of path for your life? Or maybe not. Now, this is your conscience here. This is developing a, a good habit, no, ma- no matter what you want to do in life, to ask, is it wise? Our family, once in a while, watches Shark Tank, right? These millionaire, billionaire investors sit in front of entrepreneurs who want to pitch their idea, pitch their products. I I didn't really like the show until I heard Mark Cuban was on it, and he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. I'm like, hey, sports, let's watch. So I watch this show, and uh, it's really fascinating to see the ideas and the asks. Like, they're asking for money, right? They're asking for an investment and support for their startup company. Well, a couple weeks ago, there was a 16-year-old girl, just brilliant, and genius with her idea, uh, she and friends of hers had seen how horrible uh, social media and texting bullies can destroy a person's life or destroy a person's self-image or destroy a person's relationship. She, she had a passion to see bullying stop. And so she decided to do something about it. She invented this app called Rethink. Rethink. Did any of you see this? Rethink. Okay, and you load this app, Rethink, onto your phone, and if you're about to text, say, I mean, you wouldn't do this, you guys are awesome, but, but suppose, some, suppose someone that we know was about to text something mean or sarcastic or cutting or profane or post something like that on, on social media, the Rethink app, if it's on your phone, would pop up after that mean statement, after you click send, it would pop up and say, 
Are you sure you want to say this? This sounds really mean. This sounds really profane. Or you used a word that just seemed loaded. Like, are you sure you want to do this? And her test studies showed that, that more than 90%, when given that reminder, when given that built-in, uh, rethink it, is it wise? They, they said, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. And they stopped. Uh, there's something about we, we need uh, protection from ourselves sometimes. We need reminders like this Rethink app or like this question that I'm asking you to say, is it wise? Whatever decisions you're going to make this week, have you thought it through? Like have you talked to anybody about it? Are you just going to do what you're just going to do? I know how you guys are. I mean, I've only been here three weeks, four weeks. Look, the thing is, we need that reminder to ask and evaluate. Before I eat this, before I say this, before I post this, before I spend this, before I drink this. In fact, in Proverbs, the father tells his son about a, a young man who, who's just making little decision after little decision, and at some point he reaches the point of no return, and he's committed adultery. Now, he didn't set out to ruin his life, but little decision after little decision after little decision after little decision. He didn't ask, read Proverbs 7 later. He didn't ask, is it wise? Like, where is this, is this leading? People who want to say yes to wisdom, and I hope that's you. Remember the four A's. Maybe you could add like three more A's on the drive home. I don't know. It's just our attempt today to talk about our decisions and say, I want to agree and say yes to wisdom. I want to have the courage to assess my life and, and how I'm living and the steps that I'm taking. I want to, as best I can from here, anticipate the future. And before I jump, ask, is it wise? I am so glad to be with you. Uh, Jenny and I and our kids love being a part of Grace Church. It's great to meet so many of you. But my heart is here and excited about what God is doing in us and through us. I'd love for you to join us in Ellet if you live near there. But part of the reason this matters so much is not just passing on wisdom to my kids or learning wisdom from others. It's the fact that, that in Proverbs and in all of life, we have a Father, guys, who, where there are two paths. We have a God who, though we run away from Him, or though our lives, we make so many foolish decisions, He never says, whatever, and blows us off or condemns us or removes his love, or removes his presence. God never says whatever to you. I mean, you might feel that, but that's just you. And that's, that's guilt, and maybe that's a sign that God's at work in your conscience, in your heart today, but God hasn't said whatever to you. In fact, quite the opposite. God is saying, yes, that opportunity to decide to walk my way is right here today. That opportunity to choose a life of healthy steps towards God and wisdom, that's here today. That's here today. And so as the band comes up, uh, to close our time together and even to, to, to think through what decisions are you facing? What decisions lie ahead for you? There's so much that you don't know about your future. I don't know. Only God knows. And the question is, which way, which way will you decide to live? So let me pray for you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much. And when we read Proverbs 4, it's, it's not just some ancient author dad who's nervous about his son's direction in life. These are words of wisdom and love and courage. God, would you give us 
the courage to make the right decision when it comes to life? Would you, would you even in these moments, I know there are friends in this room that, that are weighing heavily some huge decisions. They don't have to face alone. Thank you that you offer your love. God, thank you that you offer your wisdom. Thank you that you're so patient and strong and good. Thank you that you care enough about my choices or my decisions at all. God, it's just amazing that you love me and that you love each one of us. That because we constantly make unwise or foolish decisions or we have, we can look back and say that was dumb. Yet you don't say whatever. You say, yes, come back. Come back, my son. Come back, my daughter. Come back. You can get on the right path with me, the path to wisdom and life and so many good things. And God, thank you that when you sent Jesus, you didn't come to make our lives Uh, boring, predictable, churchy, and polite. You came to make our lives adventurous, courageous, wise, and a shining light for others to see the way we're walking and to look at that and say, really, I could go that way? I could make choices and be on that path? God, thank you that Jesus said, I've come to give life to the fullest. And we don't want to miss that. So God, help us. If it costs all we have, help us get wisdom. Help us get understanding. Help us today. Make this the day where we say, I'm done walking that other path. The signs are here. The wisdom is here. God, I want to get on your path. I want to walk your direction in how I live and in how I face decisions. Lord, I need you. We need you to guide us along your path.